Yeah, I I was really nervous. I was I was shaking. My my heart was beating really fast. Even though I knew the members already that were in my classes, I was still nervous because it's a totally different atmosphere for me. The very first class, I remember, I I totally lost my voice the next day. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings, drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths that people take in life. And in today's episode, we explore the path of being a group fitness instructor with Mara Wilder. If you'd like to support episodes like this being made, please check out the Half Hour Intern Patreon page at patreon.com slash halfhourintern. So in today's episode with Mara, we'll talk about the considerations that a group fitness instructor needs to make as opposed to being a one-on-one fitness instructor and how to really make a great group fitness class. And Mara's a great person to talk to about this because he doesn't just teach one type of class. He teaches all different different types of group fitness classes from bar class to cycling to doing obstacle courses for people, just all types of stuff. So he's he's really well versed in the group fitness area. Um, we'll talk about times where you try to do something new that you think is going to be super awesome and it just kind of falls flat and people don't like it and how you kind of work around that. And we'll talk about how as a group fitness instructor, which is good advice for any of us, um, how Morrow fills up his own sort of motivational energy tank. Because obviously as a group fitness instructor, you need to have an incredible amount of energy and enthusiasm every time that you hit a class and um and in order to have that you need to be doing certain things for yourself to mentally get in that sort of state so we'll talk about that and tons of other stuff so without further ado here is group fitness instructor moro thanks so much for coming on the show thanks for having me blake yeah absolutely man so first why don't we start off with why do you do group fitness? Why are you a group fitness instructor and not a one-on-one fitness instructor? I think most people that consider the idea of going into fitness, kind of their first thought is kind of like one-on-one consultation and stuff like that. Why not one-on-one? Why are you doing group fitness? I love doing group fitness because it brings in the community together. And also, I love working in large groups. Um, there would be people who would come in there who are shy and don't know what they're doing. And they would just sit back in the corner. Um, that's where I would come in and, you know, help them out and see how they are and see where their fitness level are at. And if it's somewhere in the beginning area, I can help them out with modifications of workouts or more advanced. You know, they'll be they'll know what they're doing. Um, there'll be also people there who are seasoned veterans who's been there. Uh, for years and years and go to my class regularly and they are more than happy to help them out as well that's cool man so it sounds well first of all it's nice you get this whole entire community vibe and community aspect going on but as well it sounds like because you're doing a community uh, i'm sorry a like a group-based class that it makes your job a little bit more diverse and even within the course of like just one single session, you know? So if you're doing a one-on-one with one person who is at this specific fitness level, those are all the considerations that you need to be making the entire day, you know, is like for this person's fitness level. If you have a whole class, I guess now you're making considerations for several different people, which I guess just keeps you on your toes a little bit more. It makes your job a little more dynamic. 
it does and also um it keeps you energized because if there's someone new there you want to you want to show them all you've got um and the cool thing about having a group fitness is you also feed off their energy so if they're having a a great day they're gonna have a positive energy and you're gonna you're gonna feed off each other therefore your level of energy will be the same as theirs and they'll be excited and they're they want to get it started they want to kill their workouts Man, that uh, that is such a good point, man, that I wouldn't have thought of is that you always have the opportunity that or potential that there's someone new in your class. So you there's this motivating factor of I better make this one a good one. It's like me with this podcast, you know, like I never know if someone's hearing it for the first time. So I, you know, you don't really want to like slack off at any given time. Exactly. And the cool thing, too, is that when someone's having a bad day, um, whether it's at work or personal life, you know, I. I, I can usually tell if there if there's negative energy. And so my my job as well is to flip that switch to a positive energy. So that way they can forget what was going on throughout that day and just have a wonderful, awesome rest of the day. That's so cool, man. You know Do you I mean? find that that sort of mm-hmm. skill has translated to the rest of your life as well? Absolutely. It's... So group fitness, um, you've, have, you heard, have you heard of the saying, um, you enjoy your job and you'll never have to work another day in your life? Yeah, of course, man. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of what I do. I enjoy it. I enjoy motivating people. I enjoy helping people with their workouts and progressions. And I, I, every time I wake up in the morning and I, I actually just taught a 5 a.m. class, I wake up as if I've been up for five hours. (laughs) That's great. That's so cool, dude. So Mauro, take us through the considerations that you need to make as a group fitness instructor when you're putting together a class. In your email to me, something that struck me as interesting that, again, I I wouldn't have really thought of is you just talking about how vital it is that your class is interesting and stuff because there are certain group fitness instructors who their classes are always full and people spread the word and whatever. And then there's other group fitness instructors who not a lot of people, you know, it's like people go to once and then they never go again. So as we kind of already discussed, like you really need to be sure that you're on all the time. So what are the, what's your kind of like thought process and considerations that you make when you're putting together a a circuit or a class for people? Mm -hmm. Uh, What I consider is I always ask the the class what their favorite exercises and obviously the most obvious answer is abs who doesn't love doing abs right <laughs> that's the so, worst thing I, I are you being sarcastic right now that's like the worst thing in the world no i'm being real oh I'm my gosh real. i don't they believe it. it they love to be destroyed <laughs> wow you have some special people so, yeah right <laughs> so what i would do usually is i would save all the ab exercises for last and sometimes I would structure the exercises as body parts. So upper body, arms, lower body, and then abs. And there'll be some days where I like to put everything together, like a total body workout. So in one circuit, you'll be working your legs, your upper body, and your arms all at once. Um, and the least of their favorite for the classes is actually cardio. So I like to get that somewhere between in the middle 
or in the beginning. And I usually, I usually tell them, guess what? It's our favorite workout, cardio, and everybody's just groaning, rolling their eyes. <laughs> but they, they still end up doing it anyways. <laughs> so I really like what you said. So it, it sounds like you have got kind of, because you've been doing this for a while, like several things already pre-planned out in your head, like several possibilities, but you don't go in there with like, okay, this is definitely the exact one that I'm going to do today. You leave it open to your exactly. class to kind of help decide that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are days where you're going to have to improvise. Um, and what I mean by that is you have a structured um, exercise already, but there are a few tweaks that you want to change here and there, and there's a couple workouts you want to take out and add on instead. Um, and I've done that multiple times. And honestly, I have a structure for my workout, but I don't always go by my own workout. I'll end up switching something out or tweaking this or changing this in the last minute. So it's, it's always constantly changing. Um, and I, I do like to have a structure if I have no other ideas I can think of. So it's nice to have a backup plan for it. Yeah. Now, first of all, how much flexibility are you really even allowed to have? Because I imagine when people sign up for, for your fitness classes, if you can take us through... Um, like a, a usual fitness instructor out, out of a gym like you, like, um, mm-hmm. do, do you have a particular thing that you specialize in or like what, what is written on the calendar when people are signing up for one of your classes? And I guess that would be my question to like, I guess how much flexibility can you have on any given class? Because if people signed up for something that says, um, ab blaster blah 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 and you don't Mm -hmm. do a ton of ab stuff then they're going to be like what the hell like i signed up for the ab blaster like what are we doing here you know so what uh what yeah like what sort of flexibility do you have what are your classes titled how does that all work out for for a fitness instructor uh for example um we i have a uh a treadmill class that i teach uh in the mornings and what i do with it is more of a boot camp type of treadmill where people can hop off and either do burpees or squat jumps, anything like that. So that way they're not on the treadmill all the time. So that's how much flexibility you can do in a class. Uh, there are certain uh, classes where, uh, like like bar, for example, I have taught bar, I've sub bar before, and uh, it's a very interesting class. Um, now that's and the class that's more like, like ballet almost, right? Like you're actually working exactly, with a bar. Yeah. Yeah. People when when I first came in the class and I was subbing for one of the instructors and they said, Morrow, you're teaching the class? I didn't know you know how to do bar. <laughs> and it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. But um I'm willing to do it because I'm open to teaching any type of classes. Um and bar is more specific base and it's a lot of little pulses and a lot of reps uh to go through and it's 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 basically a leg killer if you want to go if you want to go kill out kill your legs then i would say you take bar (laughs) yeah it's this all sounds cool and interesting because i i find that and people say that you know you need it's beneficial to have certain boundaries because that almost opens you up to more creativity and more flexibility in certain ways. Like if you can just do whatever you want, whenever you want, 
then it's it mm-hmm. almost stifles your creativity because there's literally yeah. no boundaries whatsoever. So it's hard to, mm-hmm. you know, it's like where to begin, you know? But if you have yeah. some sorts of boundaries, then now you can be 100% creative within these boundaries that you know that you have. Exactly, yeah. And and having the specific boundaries uh, helps you create more ideas to the other classes you teach. So, for example, I teach a class that's just a total body weight exercise um, class. And what I'll do, I'll sometimes add on some weights to it because there is no boundaries for uh, a body weight boot camp class. So I'll add on weights. I'll add on different types of agility workouts and all that. And that's when the obstacle course comes in. So, so you've built up entire obstacle courses? Yeah, uh, it, it, it does take a lot of planning. Um, it, for me, it, it takes about two months just because you want to make, you want to, you want it to run smooth. Um, it's going to consist of strength, speed, agility. Um, basically everything that we've learned in all the classes will all come into the obstacle course. That's Um, so cool. Where do you set this up at? Uh, I usually set up in a, in a giant classroom that we have at, at the gym that I work with. And um, I'll bring in my own stuff as well. Um, I'll bring in cones and ladders. Um, and it takes about 45 to 30 minutes to set up by myself. But you know what? It's all worth it because they love it. Because it, it's, it's a special type of uh, uh, boot camp that they don't usually do. Because... Sometimes we stick to the same thing and add on a few workouts, but my specialty, like a surprise for them, is the obstacle course. And That's so cool, man. It's almost about, like a graduation or something, you know? Right? Exactly. Yeah. So um, speaking of graduation, um, I like to have them progress to workouts. So we'll work on this for a while. So for example, what we're doing now is a three-minute plank hold um, on your hands. And you know, once we once we've all done a three minute plank hold, then maybe we'll tack on another thirty seconds to it or another minute. Um, my ultimate goal for the whole class is to do a five minute plank hold. It's a challenge for everybody, but um, I believe everybody can do it. It just takes time. Yeah. Wow, that's so, uh, that's awesome, man. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, what sorts of elements? do you think make for a great class and what are sort of common themes that you see that, that maybe you do to try to make classes stand out? Um, not a, not a specific one, but like just these elements that can carry over across all different types of classes. Mm -hmm. Uh, the biggest thing out of all the elements will be music. Uh, music is a huge thing. If people don't like the music, they're not going to go to your class or they're just going to find a class totally boring no matter what kind of exercise you throw on them. That's so hard uh, because people don't like the same music. Exactly. So I have to diversify my music uh, from... And what I come to find out is people like a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit of pop, a little bit of techno. Um, not so much country. <laughs> yeah, but, for sure. Uh, mainly, th- mainly those four, they don't mind listening to as long as it's a fast-paced beat um and they don't really pay attention to the lyrics that much so yeah all right so what else aside from aside from <laughs> being a being a dj yeah. yeah um great energy you have to come in the classroom 
with a smile on your face and as if you drank five shots of espresso. So <laughs> <laughs> you have to come in there really hyper because again, with the, with the whole energy thing, if you walk in there tired, then they're going to feel tired. Or if you're tired and they're already tired, they're going to, they're going to be even more tired. Um, so you got, you have to be, you have to be full of energy. You need to have great music. Um, also having structure in the class, because if you do not have structure and you're everywhere, so let's say you're doing legs, all of a sudden you're doing upper body and then you're going back to legs, this back and forth in between, then it could get a little messy, especially if you have multiple equipment that you're using for the classroom as well. Yeah. So music, uh, music, energy, and structure are the three main things to having a great class. That's cool, man. So, and again, I guess it, like that, that bringing that energy like that or, and needing to manipulate the way that you might be feeling so that these other people can feel good. Have you found that yeah. since being a, a fitness instructor that, that that has carried over to other areas of your life that like now you notice yourself doing that just whenever you get like sad or have low energy or whatever that you're like, nope. And you just like change your own state of being. Yeah, I um, I I just turn on my playlists for for my classes, and next thing you know, I am I am full of energy, <laughs> and um, and the the hardest classes to teach, um, to my to my experience, which I've mastered, and I'm and I love it now, are the five a.m. classes, um, because people are there; they just woken up, and you have to bring in this energy where it look it looks like you've been awake for hours on end or you pulled an all-nighter and you're you've taken a bunch of coffee before <laughs> you you came in that's so, so funny uh, i would almost feel like it would be the opposite because those i mean clearly these people are motivated you know like these people have a level of discipline is. and motivation that other people mm-hmm. don't have but i guess on the flip of that is just that people are just a little bit more calm in the morning um so not necessarily exactly. that you're tired but you're just calm yeah, and some people too. They uh, they don't have any other time to to um, to get a workout in, so their only choice would be to come in in the morning and um, go to a class. Um, so mornings mornings are always the best. Uh, afternoons afternoons you have the lunch hour hour people who come in there. They just want to get it done because they have an hour. So. We'll we'll teach a thirty minute class and be done with it. And they're pretty they're pretty uh, I would say in a way level headed. You know they're not tired, but they're not super awake either. So you got to boost them up a little bit. Um, night classes are probably other than the morning are probably the most exciting class, and that's when I have a ton of people. Uh, for one of my classes, uh, it's called TRX that I teach. Um, I'll have up to 20, 25 people in a class and, um, they're coming in there and they're, they're always getting ready to, um, kill their workout. And funny thing, one of the, uh, one of the members at the gym said, so what kind of demonic workout are we going to do today? <laughs> Cuz they think I'm I'm very evil with my workouts apparently. Yeah, I bet, I bet man. 
So w- which of those groups has the most turnover that you see um, and which has the most stability? The most uh, stability, I would think, would be TRX, uh, which is a body suspension training workout. Um, and it's because it's, it's a unique kind of equipment. It, it's basically a rope that's anchored to an anchor point and you're using your own body weight for, for workouts and people underestimate body weight workouts. So once they try to class, they'll, they're like, Oh, I didn't know I can do this. Oh, I didn't know it was this hard without a weight. Um, so they get kind and, of committed to it and they just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, the one class that's kind of just on and off, um, I would say the treadmill class because especially when summertime is here, uh, people are running outside or they're doing some kind of running event. Um, so that, that class is kind of hard to, uh, get people in. Yeah. But when it comes to fall, then everybody just starts flooding in. So, yeah. Have you ever designed a class or an obstacle course or anything like that that just basically didn't work out very well? Like you're all enthused about it. You're like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. And it just kind of like fell on its face. Yeah, uh, actually, there's uh, actually in a great example would be the obstacle course. Um, so I had three medicine balls. One of them was a 12 pounder, 16 and 20. And part of the obstacle course was to do ball slams. So on each ball, you, you slam the 12 pound medicine ball three times and then 16 with twos, two times and then 20 with one. Um, that kind of slowed down the class a little bit. And so what I realized after the obstacle course is you have to tweak it. So one slam for each ball, but obviously the ball gets heavier on each slam. Um, and there are just some workouts where I realized that this is a total fail, no matter how hard I tried. Um, (laughs) even, even when I'm, I myself have mastered it, but there will be some people who don't get it no matter how much I try. And I just, I'll, I'll just put it in the back burner for now and then start over from the beginning where we're progressing to that certain workout. So to that medicine ball example, it sounds like that would be another major element for like what makes a great class and like the things that you need to be thinking about and stuff like that is the, the pace and like the flow of the entire thing. Um, that if at one point it's like, things are going really fast and then all of a sudden there's something that needs to that you know takes a lot more time or goes more slowly um that that can really disrupt things if you don't have the pacing down mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it um so what happened is that you either you either tweak that same workout or you completely take it out and move on with the obstacle course or you take it out and add on something else um and what I do with a lot of my classes is I like to do a 30-10 count, so 30 seconds on, 10 off. It's a, it's, a bit, it's more structured, and it's more of a sweet spot, um, and that's where everybody likes it. Sometimes I'll be doing a choreographed class where we'll be going by the beat, whether it's you know with a four count or an eight count. Um, and that's where all those elements come in. Um, so you got to figure out time. You got to figure out how or when you need to take something out and put something back on to make it work um and also uh choreographed um 
workouts as well. So th- those three are the other elements that come into play. Um, sometimes within the last minute or sometimes beforehand, before class starts. Yeah, interesting. So Maro, oh. it, I interviewed a grief counselor a while back. I'm not sure if you heard that episode, but she she has to deal with people that are, are so sad all the time and that are going through some really tough times in their life. And mm-hmm. in that episode, one of my questions for her was, like, how do you fill up your own tank of emotional energy? Because, I mean, like, my God, if you're not in, like, tip-top emotional shape, then how are you going to be able to help other people with their grief, you know? And she went over kind of the things that she does to keep herself mentally in check um, from day to day so that she can help out these other people. So for you, you need to be able to motivate other people constantly and get other people to give 100% and have a ton of energy and stuff like that. How do you fill up your own sort of like motivational energy tank so that you can be sure that you're able to bring this ability to other people? Um, my motivational tank is I ask each and every one of the people in my class what their goals are. Um, and Every reason, every different person has a different reason of coming in, whether it's the number on the scale or gaining more muscle. But everybody has one common goal, and that's to better themselves each and every day. And that's what really motivates me is that they come into my class and they want to change their lives for the better. And I wake up in the morning, especially in my Friday morning class, and I remind myself, man, they're they're all coming in there waiting for me. Therefore. You know, I gotta, I gotta turn it on and help them out. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like, what did you do before this? And and talk about then making the leap to being able to be a fitness instructor for a living. I think there's a lot of people out there that really kind of enjoy working out as part of their day, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't you know occur to them that it's something that they could do for a living so what did you do before this and then what like at what point were you like you know what i think i could probably make a living exercising as opposed to just having it be another thing that i do yeah i uh i actually used to work um at a front desk job at a gym uh which i currently work at right now um and i i realized how you know people are coming in here when they're signing up for a membership saying, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to change the number on the scale or, you know, I'm just trying to change my life. I'm trying to change my shape, um, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what motivated me, um, to go into group fitness. And that's what I realized. Like, Hey, I, I am more than happy to help them out. Um, no matter what, no matter what type of goal they have. What was your first class? Like, were you really nervous? I yeah I I was really nervous um and I I was I was shaking my my heart was beating really fast and even though I knew the members already that were in my classes I was still nervous because it's a totally different atmosphere for me um and the very first class I remember I I totally lost my voice the next day I did not have that <laughs> yeah I did not have that um endurance in my voice to to speak at a, at a loud voice at all times for an hour <laughs> so 
I, ha- I had to learn. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Was it strange yeah. for you during that first class to uh, to like issue your first command, as it were, and to have people actually do what it was that you told them to do? It definitely felt weird. Um, I felt like, honestly, at first, no matter how nervous I was, I felt like a badass. Like I, I get, <laughs> I get, to tell you, I get to tell you guys what to do yeah. for once in my life. <laughs> um, you know, you know, it was nerve wracking because I didn't know what to think if if I if I tell them a certain workout, I wonder if they're going to glare at me or anything like that. Yeah, but, for sure, man. Um, yeah, you know that, that was the that was probably one of the most uh, nerve-wracking thing I've done was teaching a very first class. Yeah, um, you're you're probably almost waiting for them, like you said, to to just say to be like, no, like I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, exactly. give you some that's, sort of attitude when you tell for. them to do something. Hmm. Yeah. So to this day now, sometimes they'll give me an attitude, and I'll I'll just tell them, you know what, it's your workout, right? <laughs> and so they'll roll their eyes and do it anyways. Yeah. Um. One of the one of the funniest stories I've ever um, had in my class was uh, there was a brand new person um, in my classroom who decided to take a class of mine. And during class, you know, he, he was doing fine. And then the exercise started getting harder and harder and harder. And so it came to a point where I, where I asked him, hey, you doing all right? And he said, he said, fuck you, Mauro. And then right after class ended, he said, see you next week. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Yeah. So, so Mauro, let's uh, finish this thing up, mm-hmm. man. Give us some advice that you would give to anybody that really enjoys uh, fitness, but they have never you know, thought about really pursuing it as a career. So first thing is you need to get your group fitness uh, certification, whether it's through NASM, AFA, or ACSM, or ACE. Okay, I'll put links um, to all that, those once... on the website. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and after that, um, what I would suggest is to find somebody, or if you know somebody, that is a very good fitness instructor and ask him or her to take you under their wing. Um, so that way they can show you the ropes and then even test out the waters where you, where both of you can co-teach a class together. Um, at that point, once you get comfortable, then, you know, they'll, you, you can do your own classes. So, um, if, you know, two main things is get your certification, find somebody who can be your mentor. Um, having a mentor is probably the best thing to have in group, in in fitness in general, because a trainer needs a trainer, right? Um, so you you guys will always learn new things, whether it's from someone you've been, um, someone who is your mentor, or you learn something new and then you show it to them as well. So you're constantly feeding off each other's um, exercises and learning something new every day. So there's not one day where I have not shown my mentor a new workout and then all of a sudden we both want to do it in our classes. So yeah, for sure, man, great, great advice yeah. for, uh, for what you do. Great advice for anything about, you know, getting a mentor and, and, and kind of helping each other back and forth and everything. So yeah, man, just good advice. Exactly, all yeah. Marl, mm-hmm. thanks so much for coming on the show, man, and sharing everything with us. We really appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Blake. Hey, everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode with Morrow. If you did enjoy it, I would appreciate it so much if you left a review on iTunes and said what it is that you liked about it. If you did not enjoy the episode with Morrow, then just bury that deep, deep, deep down inside of you and never tell anyone about it. On to next week's episode. So next week, we have a really cool week of half hour intern with a little bit of a theme, and that is like teenager week. So both of next week's episodes are going to be with teenagers, and they are both very, very different. So the first episode will be with Jack Paquette, and he is the younger of the two people. He's 16 years old in high school, and he volunteered his time abroad to help people in Ghana. So we will talk about that experience and uh, being the type of 16-year-old that does something like that. On Thursday's episode, we will be talking with... Flavio Pacheco, who is 19 years old, he was born in the United States, moved to Brazil when he was two years old, moved back to the United States uh, two and a half years ago when he was 17 years old and entered college at 17 years old and now got one of the best scholarships that you can possibly get in the entire country, is getting all of his college paid for for him and is already working as a research lab assistant in a lab that formerly only allowed PhD students to be, but he was able to, with his hard work and ingenuity, um, able to do this. So Flavio is just basically a genius um, and an incredibly hardworking kid. And so we'll talk about the world of research and the world of college grants and applications and, and just working really, really hard when you're a young person, having long-term thinking as a young person as opposed to just waiting until you get old. So two really different interviews, two people at different stages in their life, a high school kid and a 19-year-old college student, um, but both just really awesome, inspirational people. So um, look forward to that next week. Thanks so much for listening, you guys.